the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We live in amazing times with incredible advancements being made in areas like medicine and technology, some to the level we have never seen in our history. And yet at the same time, we also see our city struggling with heart-wrenching violence and racial tension, even here in Los Angeles. Tonight, Pastor Dudley is going to address the role we as Christians play in a world that is in total chaos. We join Dudley right now with his message entitled, The Human Race. Welcome to Shepherd Online. Today is going to be a different kind of a day. With all that has transpired in our country, it is past due for us to have a heart-to-heart discussion. I will be honest with you in that what we witnessed in the death of George Floyd continues, that pain continues to intensify. It is not subsiding, and it shouldn't subside. I want to venture in as a pastor and sharing some things with our church, Shepherd Church, knowing before I speak a single word that there will be those of you who will argue, who will debate, who will pick apart, who will parse my words and find fault no matter what I say. I am sick and tired of bickering. I'm sick and tired of the fighting. I am sick and tired of the division. I am sick and tired of racism. I am sick and tired of politics. I am sick and tired of the media. And I am sick and tired of people who do not realize that we all belong to the human race. And before you find fault with those words, let me tell you, those are not my thoughts. Those are God's thoughts this very moment. Satan is having a heyday in this country. I personally have three children. They are all different. And as a parent, we expect those children to get along. We do not expect them to agree on everything. In fact, we expect them not to agree on everything. But we do expect those three children to get along because we're a family. Our Creator, God in heaven, created one race and only one race. It is called the human race. We all, every one of us, we all come from Adam. And that very first family with Adam and Eve, they had some children. And at the very beginning, I suggest you go back and read the book of Genesis, chapters 1, 2, and 3, and the next two or three chapters as well. And you will find that the very first family 
that God put on the face of this planet had strife and division until the point where one brother killed another. Cain killed Abel. And at that moment, I wasn't there. But at that moment, I know that the heart of Almighty God had to have grieved. And you know that violence begets violence. And finally, the Bible says that the entire world had gone astray. God was grieved that he'd even made man to begin with. And so he put a man named Noah and his three sons on a boat. It's called the flood. Noah and the ark. And God destroyed every living creature on the face of this earth. And he said, I'm going to start all over again. And so he started all over again with with Noah and his three sons. And I want you to know that every single person on the face of this planet comes from the lineage of Noah and those three sons. We are one family. We have the same blood, all of us, coursing through our veins. Yes, we have different shades of skin color. I know that. But it must break the heart of God as he watches his children on this earth not getting along. And his mind must be going back to what it was like in the days before the flood. There are times as a pastor, and I want you to know I've been here a long time, so I'm going to say some things you might not like, but I want you to know there are times as a pastor, and this is one of them, where many times I feel like I must have been preaching all these years to a block wall. That's how I feel. And the reason I feel that is because I've been saying the things that I'm going to say here over and over and over and over again for 30 years. And some of you are acting as though you've never heard these things. And it's time that you and I as believers, as Christians, as one race, as one family, we get back to understanding what the Bible has to say And we live that out every single moment of every single day. Number one, I've got seven points. I hope you're taking notes. Point number one, we must begin, all of us, by acknowledging that all forms of racism is sin. And the sin of racism is in the very fabric of our nation since its founding which was 244 years ago. Racism and slavery is our national birth defect. Any and all forms of racism is wrong. Read James chapter 2, the first four verses. And I don't care if it's white being prejudiced against black or black being prejudiced against white or brown being prejudiced against white or black or vice versa or any combination you want. All forms of racism is a sin, period. Get that in your heart and in your mind. Number two, empathy and listening is a start. It's a start. I have lived a very long time on the face of this earth. I was trying to figure out how many people I've met over the course of my lifetime. I've traveled the world. And I've been involved with some large churches. I've met a lot of people. And I don't know why, I just tried to put a number on how many people I actually have met over the course of my lifetime. My guess is two or three hundred thousand people, it would be my guess. I want you to know in the course of my lifetime, I have never 
met in my life a single African-American man or woman in this country who has not experienced some form of racial discrimination, not one. Every single African-American person in this country has experienced injustice. They have experienced bigotry. So you and I, if you're not African-American, we should never put our head in the sand and act like this is not a big problem. It is a huge problem. And much of what you have seen on television is the culmination of 244 years worth of experiences from the African-American people being mistreated, enslaved, held down, broken, and marginalized. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 15, that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and we are to mourn with those who mourn. That's called empathy. And the very essence of Christianity... The essence of Christianity is compassion. Compassion for the lost. Compassion for those who are hurting. And if our African-American brothers and sisters are hurting, you and I should hurt with them. You and I should hurt for them. You know, we're at a point today where no matter what you say, you get in trouble for saying it. If you use a hashtag, Black Lives Matter, you get in trouble. If you don't use the hashtag, Black Lives Matter, you get in trouble. I've gotten all kinds of letters this week, all kinds of emails, all kinds of people pushing back on everything that we say or do. And there are those who say the Black Lives Matter comes from a, an organization that George Soros funded, and there's some undercurrent things, that how it got started. I understand that. But For the vast majority of people who are using that hashtag, they don't care about George Soros. It's a hashtag that simply means that my brothers and sisters of color are hurting. And when I use that hashtag, I'm simply saying that I am hurting with you, that I understand what you're going through, and that I'm here to help you as a brother and as a sister. We have to stop arguing about all the little things, and we need to start showing compassion for one another. Can someone say amen? Number three, write this down. George Floyd should be alive today. He should be alive. And so should Breonna Taylor. She should be alive. Ahmad Aubrey should be alive. Eric Garner should be alive. And the list of names goes on and on. Because there are two forms of justice in America. There is one form of justice for black America, and there's another form of justice for white America. And you don't need to write me letters. I know some of that is economically driven. But what we witnessed on that video was a police officer came up to the car of George Floyd, and he got out of that car. He did not resist. They put handcuffs on him, and they took him over, and they sat him down against a block wall, and he sat there, and he was talking, he was conversing. He was not fighting or arguing. He was just answering their questions. And then those police officers helped him stand to his feet, and they simply walked him across the street. I saw that with my own eyes. He got over to the police uh, car, the vehicle, and he either fell or he stumbled. I don't know for sure what happened there, but the next thing you know, he's laying face down, with his hands or handcuffed behind his back and a police officer puts his knee on his neck 
Not for one minute, not for two minutes, not for three minutes or four minutes or five minutes or six minutes or seven minutes. For eight minutes, almost nine minutes. He's handcuffed and face down. And there are those who say, well, he had just passed a fake $20 bill. Really? Even if he did that, he does not deserve to die. Can someone say amen? I would tell you this. We've had some of you pass fake $20 bills in the offering plate. You didn't die. No one came to get you for that, put their knee in your neck. Maybe we should start a ministry like that here at the church. Think about it. This man is in handcuffs, and he's laying face down. He shouldn't have had a knee on his neck for eight seconds. If it was eight seconds, that shouldn't have happened. But for over eight minutes, he should be alive today. The Bible says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, that if anyone claims to love God, you claim to love God, yet you hate your brother or sister, that you are a liar. That's the Bible. For anyone who does not love his brother or sister whom they've seen, they cannot love God whom they haven't seen. The Bible says if you claim to love God, say, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I love God, but you have hatred in your heart towards a, another human being, the Bible says that you're a liar. If you're a white person and you don't like blacks, or you're a black person and you don't like whites, then you don't love God. You are a racist and you are a liar. You are not a Christian. George Floyd should be alive if every single person on this planet loved God. If you love God, you'd never have hatred towards anybody in this life. Can someone say amen? Number four, write this down. Protests are okay, and I, they're even encouraged. But riots and lawlessness and destruction of property is not okay. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3 that in the last days, there will be people who will be disobedient, people who will be unholy, people that will be without self-control. The Bible says they will be abusive and they will be treacherous. And when you see those things, you'll know that the end is near. I told you earlier in this sermon that I don't know of a single African-American person on the, in this country who has not suffered some form of bigotry. And in the exact same breath, I say to you, I also do not know of a single American who was not deeply saddened and sickened by that horrific video of George Floyd's death. 100%. 100% of us agree that what happened to him was wrong. And that even if he had not died, if he had lived, what happened to him was still 100% wrong. George's death, by being treated less than human is a visual window into the pain and suffering and injustices that most African Americans feel in this country every single day. And we all know, we know this, that if there wasn't the video that Derek Chauvin would have gotten away with murder, he would have gotten away with it. He would have. I personally, if you know anything about me, things happen in society and in, in, in media. I don't comment on it very. A lot of you comment right away. I, I don't. I sit back. I wait till, I, till all the facts come out before I comment on things. But I didn't need to wait for all the facts to come out on this. Because what I saw in that video was 100% evil. And we have to understand that the protest that you're seeing is not because of that one single encounter. But it is the tipping point. It was the tipping point of 244 years of abuse. And I am thankful 
that so many across this nation have protested. I applaud them. But protests should never evolve into the destruction or looting of businesses ever. Civil rights icon Congressman John Lewis said that he could relate to the protesters, their anger and their despair, but he said that the protests should always be constructive and not destructive. Melanie Price, professor of political science, Prairie View A&M University, she argued the point. She said what we've learned from the George Floyd video is that even when you're compliant, even when you're in good control of your emotions, that you can still die. And that should never happen. So I say to you, if you want to protest, protest. Find a way to let your voice be heard, especially in concerning issues of injustice, but do it in the right way. Amen? Number five. I hope you're listening. Our nation, our nation has yet to repent. Our nation has never repented of our past sins. I want to go back to my very first point in this sermon that racism is a sin. One sin leads to another. Division begets division. Violence begets violence. But the sin of slavery is the very opposite of Christianity. Christianity is all about love. It's all about grace. It's all about mercy. It's about forgiveness. It's about oneness. It's about Jesus. And the Bible tells us, this is in the Word of God, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, that we are to consider others as better than ourselves. Racism is just the opposite. Racism is opposite of what the Bible teaches. Racism is me judging you and treating you as though I am superior to you. Yet Christianity says that in humility that I should consider you as better than myself. You think about that, that wherever you go and every single person you meet, to just humble yourself. And never to see yourself as superior, but to consider them as better than yourself. Our nation, the United States of America, uh, racism is in the DNA. It's, it's in our DNA of the United States of America. It's in our fabric. And we've never actually repented from that sin. Some of you, some of you are confused by this. Repentance is not saying you're sorry. That's not, repentance is not saying you're sorry. That, that's, that's not repentance. That, that might be an apology, but that's not repentance. Repentance is twofold. You've got to get both steps to repentance. Step number one is to actually acknowledge. You acknowledge that you have sinned. Not that you've done something wrong. That you, you acknowledge, you confess, you admit, you acknowledge that you have done something, that you have actually sinned. That's step one. Step two to repentance is turning from it and never doing it again. Step one is acknowledging that you committed that sin, but the second part of repentance is turning from it and never committing that sin again. Because if you continue to commit the sin, then you're not truly sorry and you're not truly repentant. And as a nation, as a nation, go all the way back to the Emancipation Proclamation, Yes, yes, I'll give you point number one. We have acknowledged it. That's step one. 
But that's not full repentance. We have acknowledged that it's a part of our history. We have acknowledged that slavery existed for the first 100 years. We have acknowledged the bigotry for the last 244 years. But we've not done the second part of that. We've not actually turned from it and made a commitment that we will never, ever do it again. And that's what we need to do. And there's a big theological debate that I don't want to get into right now. I think it makes sense for most people. But I cannot repent for you. And you cannot repent for me. The only person I can repent for is myself. And you need to repent for yourself. And what I think we need to do as a church, as a family, as individuals, we need to get down on our knees. And A, first of all, we need to acknowledge that racism is a part of this nation. But number two, after we got to get back up on our feet and make a commitment that we will never, ever live like that again. That's repentance. We as a church, I don't know the exact date, but sometime the next couple of months, sometime as a church, we're not going to invite other people to come join us. I want it just to be our church. We're going to invite you to actually come onto our property and out, up and down Rinaldi, we're going to have some type of prayer vigil. We're as, we'll send you an email if you're on our email list, but we're going to get down on our knees. We're going, to, we're going to get on our knees out on this street, and we are going to pray, and we are going to repent publicly, personally, privately, we're going to repent, and we're going to sing, and we're going to, we're going to praise God. We're going to love. We're going to forgive, and we're going to commit ourselves to spend the rest of our lives working to bring people together and working to bring people to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is my belief that had we done this sooner as a nation and as a government and as a police force and as a church, and as a people, and as a pastor, if we had repented somewhere in the past and vowed to change, and had we truly turned to God, that we would not have the strife that we see today in this country. Number six, write this down. Write it down. I think we need to commit to pray for our local police. I love and respect our local police. I can't speak. I cannot speak for all of them. Most of them, the majority of them, every day they get up, they go to work, they put their lives on the line, and there would be nothing but anarchy and chaos on our streets every single day if it were not for the men and women in blue. I've been seeing signs. Some of you have actually sent me the signs that we need to defund the police, and I'm looking at it like, are you crazy? If you defund the police, you call the police, someone breaks into your house, you're going to want 10 police officers to show up in two minutes. You're going to have one police show up like an hour later. There will be absolute chaos. You watch. There will be crime. We'll shoot through the roof if we get rid of the police or defund the police. I am saddened. Stay with me. Stay with me. I am saddened and I am angry anytime authority is misused and caused harm to people that they're supposed to protect, just like you. Many of you will never trust because of your past experiences. But my question is, can we commit to pray for our police force? Yes, to hold them accountable. Yes, hold them accountable. 
but can we, as in 1 Timothy 2.2 says, can we lift them up in prayer? Pastor Dudley's message, The Human Race, will continue tomorrow night here on Lift Up Jesus. If you were blessed by our program and would like to pray with someone, our phone lines are available and ready for your call. You can reach us right now on our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are here for any prayer needs you may have at this time. As Christians, we are often faced with trials, sorrows, and struggles of many kinds. Jesus never promised we would be free from tribulation once we become believers. However, God does show us through the wisdom of His Word how to overcome and even rejoice in the difficult times we are experiencing. Some of the most essential keys to a joyful Christian walk are found in the small New Testament book written by James, the brother of Jesus. In his book, Keeping a Smile on Your Faith, Pastor Dudley Rutherford takes you through a study of the book of James and shares the spiritual disciplines necessary to help you persevere as a believer, even during the most challenging times in your life. Pastor Dudley's book, Keeping a Smile on Your Faith, can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Call us right now so we can get this powerful resource into your hands. Our toll-free number is 888-818-4777. You will learn the powerful tools to encourage you in your faith, how to extend Jesus' love to others, and walk with Him daily with a smile. Our number again is 888-818-4777. And when you call, ask for your personal copy of Pastor Dudley's book, Keeping a Smile on Your Faith. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.